A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. I don't understand why you get up so late. Why can't you just wake up as early as other people? You are so lazy. Have you ever heard about this kind of comments before? Do you know anyone in your life are like this? Or maybe yourself? Struggling with getting up early, being on time, cannot wake up easily in the morning, feeling so tired throughout the day, no matter how much sleep you get, and sometimes even cannot function very well, cannot really thrive and get out all the potentials. If any of those sounds familiar, hopefully today's episode will help you look into the same. Issue from different angles, especially from a sleep point of view. Today we have Jeniah Iqbal from New York. He is the founder of NoDegree.com, and he also is well knowledge about sleep disorders through his own experience. Let's hear about his journey. Hi, Jeniah. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. Hey Yishan, super excited to really share my experiences today. So I'm so happy to have you on the show to share with us about your journey. I know you've been dealing with different sleep disorders. How did you find out your there's something wrong with your sleep? You know the thing is, if when I was a teenager, it was always a struggle, sort of waking up for school. And the thing is, like on weekends, I'd sleep like. Twelve to fourteen hours, if left, if left to my own devices, and you know, you sort of get seen as lazy. Fortunately, I did well in school, and I was able to do okay. But the time I woke up during the weekdays never impacted the time I woke up during the weekend. So even when I started working, yeah, and I would be late almost every day to work to the point where people would be like, "Oh, you showed up on time? Is it a special day?" And then on the, it would have no impact on the time I would wake up on the weekends. And eventually, I remember one time my girlfriend and I we went on vacation, and she was like, "You snore a lot," and it was it was like pretty bad. I think at one point it was so bad she would like I would constantly wake her up. So at one night I actually slept on the couch because it caused like an issue for her. Wow! And then as I started doing a lot of research, I realized, and I looked into sleep apnea and. All the symptoms hit. Like at work, I would yawn more than fifty times, fifty to sixty times in an hour. And you know, people always think you're lazy, you're out partying, but it's like I was just tired. And、yes. you just kind of really think like, what's wrong? Like, I remember one day I came home from work and I was like, let me see what time I naturally wake up if I sleep early. I went to sleep at seven p.m. I still woke up to an alarm the next day at seven a.m. And it was like that's not feasible, right? You can't just go to work, come home, go to sleep, and do nothing, right? We have errands, we have other things that we have to get done. So that was like when it really sort of hit me. And as, as I started to do more research, I realized I had sleep apnea. I started recording my sleep. I used one of those apps, 
and it showed that I snored a lot. And I don't, I didn't know I snored because I sleep in like a corner room in my house. So no one really ever told me. So that was just like really eye, eye opening to me. Mm. Yeah. So sounds like people around you noticed the symptoms first. Yeah. You you did some experiments, some search around it. Yeah, and the thing is, I tried different things, right? I tried like the nasal strips. I tried just the various things people try. And then what happened was, one day I saw a CPAP machine. I bought one off Craigslist for thirty dollars, and I think I bought the mask and the other stuff for fifteen dollars. And that was the first night that I slept like eight hours, and I felt. Amazing! It was like I slept thirteen, fourteen hours. That's how it felt like, but I got it in eight hours, and that one day made me realize the sleep that I wasn't getting. Hmm. Wow. So you did not go to a doctor, but through your own exploration, you noticed you used to need like from seven to seven, twelve hours. You、yeah. did not even feel refreshed. Yeah, but with、yeah. the CPAP machine, with the right treatment, you were able to feel better. Yeah, I mean, I eventually got a sleep study done, and when I got the sleep study done, it stated I had mild sleep apnea, which confirmed. And the thing is, it said my sleep efficiency was at sixty-six percent, whereas I believe a normal person is above eighty-five. So that sort of made sense, and that I needed more sleep to sort of compensate. Because my sleep was not efficient, and life was so much different. Because I remember I used to wake up when I had this, when I didn't treat the sleep apnea, and the first thing I would think of is like, when can I nap? Can I? I can nap on the train. I can nap on the lunch break. I can nap on the way back home. Like I would just, as soon as I woke up, I would just think about when's the next time I could go to sleep. Whereas after that, it's like I no longer was napping on the train. Right? I was no longer thinking about. Going to sleep during my lunch break, and one thing I really realized was that I didn't snore on the train. And when I slept on the train, it was actually really good sleep because I believe that sitting upright, I did not snore. So then I was like, the the trip, the sleep on the trains were really refreshing. And then I sort of made the correlation. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, you definitely draw a lot of dots together on your own. To help yourself figure out、uh, all like what's bothering you, what's what's not quite right. Yeah, because the thing is, I'm pretty sure you know a lot of doctors sort of lack sleep education, and I didn't drink coffee, so I know if I went to the doctor, it would have just been, oh, just drink coffee. Everybody feels tired. It's normal to feel tired, but in fact, it's really not normal if you're getting, you know, eight to nine hours of sleep. Right, that's not normal. When you need twelve to thirteen hours of sleep to feel rested, it's just, you know. Fortunately, now there are so many resources. I would do a lot of research on forums, and that's sort of where I got the research. So that when I went to the doctor, I said, "Look, I know I have this. I need the test." And the doctor was actually really surprised. And then, you know, she wrote me a referral, and the sleep doctor was like, "Wow, you really know so much." A lot of people just, and I think had I not known, honestly, I probably. Probably would have just gone through life just thinking like, "Hey, how can these other people survive on five six hours of sleep when I'm struggling with like eight to nine?" Wow, that's a amazing story, like amazing journey you went through. Because sounds like sleep was such a big theme in your life for so long. You have to think about how to get enough rest in order to function well. 
before. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like when you don't get enough sleep, that's the biggest thing on your mind. When you get enough sleep, everything else sort of falls into place because I realized as I started getting more, I saw I was an actuary before this and actuaries have to take exams that take like 100 to 300 hours of study. And every time I would try to study, immediately I would feel tired. That immediately I would need to feel the need to sleep. After I got my CPAP, I only studied, so I took an exam, I barely failed. So you need a six out of 10 to pass. I got a five on the exam. So I retook the exam, but this time I had my CPAP. I only studied an additional two weeks and I went from a five to a nine. Wow. And the thing is, I could actually study without falling asleep. I, it was easier to remember things. It was just like you're, when I would study, I wouldn't get distracted. Right. I could study for longer periods of time. It just like impact every aspect of my life. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you are such a real example showing that when we can sleep, uh, improve our sleep quality, we actually can improve a lot of our performance, daily functioning, including the concentration, the uh, cognitive functioning. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like I don't. I'm not obese. Yeah, I was. You know, I had. I wasn't necessarily super skinny when I worked in the office, but. I wasn't obese, so I, I'm not your typical person that you think of with sleep apnea, the stereotypical image where you're so overweight and you have trouble moving and you have trouble breathing. Like I was, I was always like, I used to go to the gym several times a week, and I was fit. And obviously, after the CPAP, the weight came off even more. And now I'm very lean to the point like I'm the lightest I've been in in almost ten years, and it's like it's. And I still have it. So it's like some people think, oh, you know, you just need to lose weight. Yeah, losing weight sort of helps the condition. But for some people, it's just how your body's built. Like I know when I went to the ENT, the ENT stated that I had like an enlarged tongue and just like a tight throat area. I think this is a very good point to emphasize. You don't have to be fat or obese in order to be diagnosed with sleep apnea. You also don't have to snore. To be diagnosed with it, we really should be aware of the symptoms, and then decide whether we need a test, a sleep study, to diagnose sleep apnea or not. Yeah, and I think the other thing is I have something called delayed sleep phase disorder, which is、mm. DSPD, which is basically having a shifted circadian rhythm. And as I did research into it, is 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 correlated with sleep apnea because I remember when I was very young, I used to wake up early, right, like six, seven a.m. naturally. And I know around puberty, that's when things really started changing. So I think the sleep apnea, like I'm not sensitive to sunlight at all. Like you can have the sun beaming in my face, and if I'm tired, I'll still fall asleep.、Mm. Right? I don't wake up in relation to the sun. I just wake up when I'm fully rested. So it's like. I know some people they sleep, and if the sun comes up, right there, that's that's when their sort of body gets alerted. But my body doesn't work like that, and I I personally believe, you know, based on what I read, that it's because that the sleep apnea sort of my body was conditioned to not respond to the sun because I was so tired, and I think it still affects me to this day because even when I go travel, and I'll have jet lag. Yes, maybe the first day I'll wake up at six a.m., but once I'm there for a few days. 
my natural wake up time is between 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Does mm-hmm. it so it, it kind of just confirms in that it's not like a habit issue. It's just how my body is. And it's like when I work, even after treating this, the sleep apnea, I still had trouble waking up. And it was like, even if I slept later and I got less sleep, as long as if I woke up later, that was fine. So even if I slept at 9 p.m., 9, 10 p.m., it would still be a struggle for me to wake up at 6 a.m. But if I slept at like 2 a.m., waking up at 10 or 11 was not a struggle. So eventually it's like when I started my own business, it was sort of a no-brainer. Like that was one of the things that really uh, helped me sort of make the transition in that I was like, look, I can really focus on doing the work when I'm most productive in that I like working later in the day and at night. That's when my body's just more alert as opposed to waking up at you know 7, 8 a.m. and I'm tired for the first few hours and I'm not alert. And it's like, I see so many people who struggle with it. And I truly feel bad because I remember when I, when I worked at a place and I told someone I have it, they immediately just say, oh, you're lazy. I wake up early. Why can't you? And, you know, it really gets to you because it just shows like a lack of ignorance that people really don't understand that they just think like, you don't want to wake up. Mm. But, you know, I do want to wake up. I like, if I woke up at seven, eight, you know, if I could wake up early, like I would have got a bigger bonus. Right. And it's not like I don't want that bonus. It's just, look, it's so much harder for me. You know, I went to like specialized schools. I went to Columbia University. So I went to an Ivy League school. So work ethic was never an issue for me. And I passed actuarial exams. It's just there are certain times that I'm not as productive. Exactly. This is great that you are sharing this. Actually, a lot of people, they do have either like uh, they are nitro, night owl or it's more severe to become delayed sleep phase disorder. Yeah. And actually, this is um, at least 50% decided by our gene. So yeah. it's really not because you are lazy. It's yeah. just really hard for you. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I took a 23andMe test, and I don't know how accurate they are, but it's stated that I had the gene to wake up slightly later. So that just confirmed it on top of that. And it, it was just really eye-opening for me because, fortunately, like, the thing is, my delayed sleep phase disorder is only mild, that I can wake up at 10 a.m. And, you know, today I actually woke up at 6 a.m. I can do it here and there. I, on a regular basis, just really wears me down. But I know for some people, their sleep times are like from 6 a.m. to like 2 p.m. And they struggle the most because theirs is so off that they have to do so many. Sometimes they'll try to stay awake 24 hours and then fall asleep, but then their sleep is not restful. So the thing is, it's like mine is still that I could adjust because I'm still awake for like lunchtime. I'm still awake for those types of things. And I'm still lively during the night. But for them, it's like they have a completely shifted schedule. And I read these stories and I truly feel bad because they're told by the people around them that they're lazy, that they will be nothing. And they're told that they're stupid. And it's like, and it's like a prophecy, right? You're told that, then it wears down on you and you're not living to your full potential. And it's, I, I just feel so bad. So it's like, I like talking to people about sleep because it's like, if my story can really affect someone else and I have so many conversations with people who struggle with this. And when I tell them, they're like, wow, you know what? That sounds like me. And I always tell them, look, get a sleep study. Just get, even if you think everything's okay, get it just to confirm that your sleep is good because sleep just impacts every aspect of your life, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, 
I thought it was like me being a battery at like 30 to 50% versus me being a battery at 110%. It's just a different version of me. I, I actually could be the best version of myself. Yes, and you've been so actively figuring out yourself and you want to inspire our people. I totally agree. I feel like the message you are sharing needs to be heard by more people who may struggling with similar symptoms as you used to, as you deal with day to day, especially for some people, they don't have the luxuries, don't have the flexibility to adjust their work schedule. But sounds like after understanding yourself, your own sleep pattern, you are able to figure out your work schedule to make it work for your body. Yeah. And the thing is, it's hard because you try to tell your boss and you work a traditional job, hey, can I come in at 11 o'clock? You know, because, and the fact is, you don't, for a lot of jobs, you don't need to be in at 7, 8, 9 a.m. Because a lot of the work is, right, can be done, it's flexible, right? You don't, and they just kind of say, no, uh, it's going to look bad if you come in late, right? But the thing is, it's like, if at the end of the day, you can get your work done, or you can even get more done by coming in at an appropriate time, why does it matter that it looks bad, right? And it's like this corporate culture, it's like, it sucks for people like me, where you can't have the conversations. And, you know, some people understand your coworkers, but it's like, you really can't bring up that to your boss. Because even if your boss understands, their boss doesn't understand, or their higher up doesn't understand because, oh, you sit next to someone who's really high up. And if they see someone coming in this time, they'll think badly of you. But the thing is, they don't look at the times you leave. Right. You may come in at 11, but if you're leaving at seven, you're still putting in your eight hours and it's it's tough. And I'm pretty sure you talk to a lot of people who sort of have it tough. And it's like, you know, there should be like more knowledge about this area, because at the end of the day, as a manager, you're supposed to put your worker in a place where they can do the most amount of work and be the most productive. And that's your goal as a manager. Right. You shouldn't yes. just adhere to certain standards because they're standard. You should be saying, hey, look, my my worker does his does his or her best work like this and this is what they want. But it's it's tough because you know it's it's just not accepted socially because generally people who wake up earlier have more opportunities. And as a result of more opportunities, there's you know they they get them and they have access to these opportunities and they move up and then they're the ones who make the decision because they they, they just say, hey I wake up early and I'm a little tired. Why can't you? And it's just like, they're the ones who are making the decision because how many people do you know in corporate office that are sort of in the executive position that come in at 11 a.m.? It's like unheard of in a corporate company. Right. And especially for people with delayed phase, even if they were first to get up and go to work at seven, their brain possibly cannot really function very well until... 11-ish, and be, they are actually more productive at midnight, for example, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, that's actually, like, the thing is, like, at midnight is, like, when I'm doing a lot of research, I'm doing a lot of reading, and the fact is, like, people wonder, like, how do you have so much energy? And it's like, I have so much energy because I work with my body. Like, when people are really wearing down at the end of the night at a networking event, I'm still going at this pace. I'm still talking to them. I'm still really lively. I still have like the whole night ahead of me, whereas they're thinking about, oh, I'm tired. I got to 
go to sleep and get ready for the next day is I do a lot of my best work at night, at midnight. Like I'm, that's when I like working because, you know, I don't have distract. Some people like, you see so much advice, advice online where it's like, oh, you know, successful people wake up at 5 a.m. or they wake up at 6 a.m. because, you know, they, they like doing this. But it's like, look, at the end of the day, in order to succeed, you just have to do the work. It doesn't matter what time you do the work as long as you get the work done. Because if you produce something for someone, they're not going to say, hey, this work was done at 5 a.m. They're just going to look at your work and that's it, right? Exactly. It's interesting you mentioned that because I, when you talk about the managers, talk about uh, how to you know make sure your employees maximize their strengths to do good work like when they can, I was thinking about the same thing. I was thinking about the popular ideas out there telling all the entrepreneurs, tell all the like, people in order to be successful, you use all kinds of methods to push yourself up at 5 or 6 a.m. That way, it's so good. Life is so beautiful. You're going to be so productive. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing, all this advice outside. Yeah, you know, I hear all the time and I'm there and I say, look, I don't do that. It doesn't work for me. And I tell people, look, if you can wake up that early and that works with your body, go ahead. But at the end of the day, it's like everybody's different. Everybody's body is different. Some people, you don't tell everyone, hey, you got to eat peanuts to be successful because the person with the peanut allergy is like, well, if I eat peanuts, I may die. And it's like they don't look at it as like a physical condition because the thing is, you can physically see a handicap when someone can't walk, right? You can physically observe an allergy. But when they kind of just see you swooping in, they just assume lazy, doesn't want to work. And it's like, I think that's some of the biggest struggles because fortunately I've gone past that and I surround myself with people who don't, who are sort of like-minded. But I remember it was like, there were some people and it really, really got to me when they were like, oh, and it would make me angry because it's like, look, I'm telling you things and I'm being vulnerable and I'm sharing something with you and you just dismiss it, right? It's just like, you know, when you tell someone with depression, just be happy. That's right. That's not happy. <laughs> that's it's the not number happy. one worst suggestion. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst suggestion. It's like, you know, you're, you know, that's like telling me wake up early. It's like, you know, it just doesn't work. Like just because I can wake up one day at 6 a.m., it's like it's not the best use of my body. It's not what my body sort of wants. Right. And not only that, I think nowadays the sleep science field, there are more and more research coming out talking about if you sleep um, against your natural biological clock too much consistently for a long time, it may come with health consequences. Yeah, I hear that all the time because I know that people with like severe DSPD who sleep at like 5 p.m. or, you know, who sleep at like, you know, have or 6 a.m. who have weird sleep time, who have, not, I, I shouldn't say weird, who have different sleep times. What happens is if they sleep at a regular time, like let's say they can fall asleep at 9 to 10 p.m., they still wake up exhausted, like they got no sleep. So it's like, it doesn't even, even if they do it, and then it's like so many people have to do you know, do like light therapy and they have to wear, do so many things and they have to adjust their whole day. And it's like, it may work for a few days, but oftentimes it's like, they just, it's just too hard to either sustain or it only works short term. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I believe there are certain treatments can based on individual need to help them adjust, allow time to adjust so they can function in in real life. They can, you know, hold a job or yeah. at least make a living. And really depends. Sometimes like some mild shift may not be that harmful and can make them can make people with this kind of condition live actually better. But I don't think like it's possibly difficult for any method to totally shift people from night to morning, like totally different. Yeah, because like I've tried it for years. Like in high school, I used to wake up at well, what time do you wake? I used to wake up at like six a.m. every day. And I know some people in my high school they naturally wake up early because they spent four years waking up early. For me, it had zero impact on the time I woke up. I was still waking up at one. 2 p.m., 3 p.m. on the weekends. It's、mm-hmm. because, like, my body would just not be fully rested. And the fact is, I wasn't as sharp. Even when I got to college, while still having sleep apnea, because I got more sleep and I got the sleep at the right time, even though it wasn't still as efficient, because I discovered the sleep apnea. I started the CPAP, I believe, when I was like 23, 24. When I started really working, and that's when it really—I I think twenty-three, twenty-four—because that's when I really started figuring things out. But it was like it was, it's still—I did so much better in college, purely because I got more sleep and better sleep. And then now it's like the level of productivity I have—it's so much different than before. Because it's just like I physically, when you're tired, right, you don't want to read. You don't want to do anything mentally tasking, right? You you want to indulge. You want to play video games. You want to just relax, have fun. You don't want to do anything that's like mentally draining.、Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and you're and the thing is, it also affects your eating too because when you're tired, you're just looking for the, like the quick calories, the snacks, the fast food. Whereas I know when I'm more well rested, I make better eating choices. Yes, they all connected. Yeah, when you mentioned your high school, your school life, it reminded me of the recent California policy. Are you? Do you live in California? No, no. So I live in New York State. Oh, okay. New York, so New York City. Yeah. So we are connecting across the country. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. So because in California recently they are having,、uh, trying to pass some. Policy to delay the high school, the school kids start time in the morning to help children have a little bit more time to sleep in the morning. I know a lot of sleep doctors are behind this kind of movement. What do you think about those? I mean, I love it because it's like honestly, I think they should. It's always good to have options. So you know, there's some kids that naturally wake up earlier. Maybe for them. Should have the earlier start time, but the fact is, for someone like me, it's like you go into that system. You're always struggled to. You're always struggling to be on time. When you go to class first period, you're not remembering anything. So what's the point? It's it's more beneficial for you to have one less class so you can sleep in than being present in that class. And it's like, you know, this has been around for so long. It's like you tell a kid to sleep earlier, but it's like, I'm just gonna sit in bed staring at the wall. It's just not going to happen, and the fact is, it's like yes, you can experiment with things like melatonin, but why if there are other alternatives that don't 
um, cause you to sort of use hormones that you have to use in the right amounts and you have to really monitor. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, I, I just think, because at the end of the day, what is the point of school? To learn and educate yourself. And anything that helps you learn more and educate yourself should be supported. And, it, and sleep is a big component of that because I remember just being so tired in high school. And I remember that I was taking AP calculus and I remember it was, it was tough and I, it was hard for me to make the connections. And then I majored in math in college and I was like, why didn't I get this in high school? And it was purely because of me getting more sleep. So it was like, yeah, I was in the class. I was taking a tough class, but what did I really, did I, what did I really get out of it? All I learned was that I don't function well on that little sleep. Right, right, exactly. So hopefully uh, this message can help some teens and parents also to understand better um, like how sleep is important to their their academic performance. So I'm just curious, when you were in school, you don't have the option to change schedule at all. Have you or did you figure out any way to work around it a little bit to to achieve your academic uh, academic success as you did? So in college, fortunately, I avoided morning class. I think I had like one morning class because of the schedule. Other than that, I really didn't have classes before 10 a.m., 10 to 11 a.m. And then when I started, when I was in grad school, like most of the classes were at night. That was even better. Like I love night because then when you leave class, you're still alert, you're not tired. But high school, it's just, fortunately, I'm lucky in that um, my parents passed on some good genes and that I can pick things up quickly. But I know that if I were not, it's just like I was still not doing the best I could because for me, it was like I could have been getting, you know, I, let's say I was getting a B plus, I could have been getting A's, right? But for me, it's like I was, that B plus was me at my sort of, half right that was half of me but whereas like when I went to college then I was getting like the highest grade like in my math classes and my like college classes I was normally getting the highest grades in the class so it was like and it was complete difference and I was and it just took so much time out and I really made the connection to sleep and it's like I, I see it and it's just like I I just did the best I could and you know I feel bad because I know some kids they fail because they're just not in the right environment. Fortunately, I didn't fail. I still did okay, but it wasn't the best I could do. I see. Yes, yes. So you really pulled it through, but once you get to college, you arranged your schedule to to help yourself more. Yeah. And now in, in your career, sounds like you are um, running your own business. Yeah, so I help people without college degrees find jobs. So I own nodegree.com. And because like, I have a passion for helping people. And that's why it's like, I love educating people about sleep. Like usually every, I always find a way to talk about sleep in a lot of networking events and a lot of things, because what happens is so many people know so little about sleep because you have those things where it's like, oh, you don't need more than five hours of sleep, right? Oh, you you know, I'm too busy. I'm worried about being successful. I don't need sleep. I, I can sleep. You can sleep all you want when you're dead, right? You hear those quotes and it's like, that's not true, right? It's not the amount of work you put in because I can re- like, I can study, let's say 10 hours and maybe only absorb 20% of the material. But 
well rested, I can study half the time and absorb three to four times as much. So what's the real point of sleeping less if I'm not truly enjoying life to its full capacity? Because I know when I'm tired, I'm more irritated, right? I'm more likely to get upset. I'm more likely to make bad decisions. I'm more likely to be a little more emotional. So it's like, why? Why would I sacrifice that? So it's like, I really try to get people to realize that, that look, it's not about the hours you put in. It's more about what you do in the hours that you actually put in. It's more about your level of productivity because that's how you should think. And as a business owner, that's how you have to think because you have to make the most use of your time because you won't always have the most amount of time. And the fact is burnout happens can happen to anyone. You can take the smartest person and they're sleep deprived. They're not happy. Eventually it's not sustainable. They're going to burn out and it's going to suffer. Whereas like I prefer to do something that's more sustainable. Yes. Wow. That's very inspiring. That's great. So thank you for sharing with me, with the audience, all this uh, knowledge, experience you have had over the years. As we are reaching to an end of our episode today, is there any last things you want people to carry out of the show today or any tips you want to share? I think that trial and error, but I would say that don't let what other people say about you sort of define you. You know, don't let people call you stupid because you don't wake up at the right time. It's tough because you sort of doubt yourself. You sort of question your abilities. You think a lot of negative things about yourself because fortunately, like I'm a very confident person. So I didn't have that, but I would not have been able to do the things I did and keep doing the things I do had I let others and their words define me. And you know what? Some people will be ignorant. And you know what? You really can't pay attention to them because at the end of the day, it's like, look, your body is different and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just whatever. Not Bodies are not perfectly designed. And the fact is, evolutionarily, you should have diversity in the genes, right? You should have some people who wake up early. You should have some people who wake up later. And you should have some people who have completely different schedules because they're the ones who are the overnight guards. And the fact is, in, in, in a globalized society, and especially as more, more technology, there are ways you can sort of have a job and contribute to society while not conforming to the traditional nine to five. I really love it. Actually, the last point you mentioned, so some people should get up early, some people should get up late. The, the guard is actually a 2017 paper, research paper, oh. just showed evidence of that exactly. Why our genes decide we have different sleep schedule is because part of the reason is the safety. To someone need to be alert, on guard to protect a tribe. So it's a study done to a tribe without modern technology. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's like, as you start reading, then realize that you are normal. You may be different, but different is still normal. So that's like the biggest takeaway, that just because you are different does not mean you are not normal, that you still have a lot of value to society, and there's still lots of ways you can contribute, even if you don't necessarily conform to the traditional model of society. Yes, wonderful. Thank you. So if people want to find you, know more about your journey or communicate with you, 
it's it's your website the best way for them to find you? So, yeah, well, my website you can find content, but I would say the best way is connect with me on LinkedIn to say, hey, look, I heard you on the Sleep Podcast. I connect with everyone, and so how do you spell my name? J O N A E D. Last name I Q B A L. I'll repeat that for the listeners. So J O N A E D. And fortunately, I have such a unique name that you'll find me pretty easily. And like I said, look, I always love talking to people. I'll send them resources that I've sort of looked at. And sometimes, even just talking to someone else, saying that, look, it's okay. Like you know, I struggle with the same thing that you did. It's just so it's so helpful when you know that you're not in it alone. Exactly, we feel connected, supported, not alone. It's such a powerful thing. Well, thank you so much today. I will put your name, be a link to your LinkedIn and to your website, everything on my show note, so people will be able to find you. Okay, thank you, Ishan, and thank you for what you're doing because it's like. A lot of times, it's just there's not enough knowledge about sleep because the average doctor only has two hours of sleep education, so、yeah. you can't even go to your a trusted resource that you think you, you know. The only time you can even get some info is from a sleep specialist. So it's like thank you so much because it took me a long time to figure out the, my story, and I don't want other people to sort of go through the same struggle. So thank you really for your show. Thank you for your time, and thank. I just want to thank the listeners for hearing my story. This is the first time we share delayed sleep phase disorder here on our show, and it's wonderful that our guest shared all this wonderful experience, struggles, and how he coped with that, and eventually find the best way to work with his own body. So, all the listeners, if you notice any of the symptoms he shared here, please go to visit your doctor and find out whether you should get a sleep study or any type of sleep test to figure out more in detail. So, all the information we talk about today will be on the show note on our website. Steepintosleep.co forward slash episode forward slash zero one two. Thank you for joining me in this journey. As always, I look forward to hearing from you. Any comments? Any thoughts? Any questions? Please bring your confusions, your questions, your struggles, and come back to our show. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. 
I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.